consciousness, mindset, health, relationship, business. Welcome to the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. What's up, beautiful people? We are here today with Kimberly Miguel Mullen, and we're going to talk about some dance, because I love to dance, and I've just recently discovered how transformative and powerful it can be when you combine dance with ritual, something that we did in Sedona, but we'll get into that. But that's kind of the space that you've really dedicated your life, that that bridge between dance is just pure expression of enjoyment and driving it deeper, you know making it more of an integrated part of your life, your spirituality, all of that. So welcome to the show. Let's dig in and talk about some fun stuff. Thank you, Aubrey. It's really incredible to be here in Austin. And thank you for having me. For sure. For sure. So give us a little bit of your background. You know, how did you come into this space? And, you know, where is the journey taking you? Wow. Um, Well, it's been about a 20-year journey and um, just a little bit you know, of my own fitness background. I grew up dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I grew in up in a style? really... What were you doing? Jazz and tap. Jazz and tap. Yeah. Moms love putting so, their kids in, in tap shoes, right? I know. I love I was a little tapper tapping around my house, driving everyone crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But eventually all that rhythm and musicality that I learned as a tapper, you know, came into play later on. Um, I became a, a high-performance athlete, Um, I played uh, college volleyball. Oh, nice. Yeah, I grew up in a really small town, and sports was, uh, the town was really revolved around sports, so um, I was a serious tomboy growing up, and had um, all my boy cousins, like, playing (laughs) football with me and stuff like that, so so that was actually what got me out of my little small town. I went up to University of Oregon and played volleyball. Well, we have a little thing called volleyball here. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we might have to go in there and play a little. I would bit. be well. I don't know if I have the same if vertical. I'm come, if I'm going to come oh, dancing no. with you, then oh, you got to no. step in and play some volleyball yeah. with me. It's only a fair. Yeah. It's only a fair trade. We'll see. I don't know. My vertical leap isn't so good anymore. Well, that's cool. Mine's awesome. So you, you know, just I like set the me other up. day. I think I tried to serve the ball, and it just like, where's my power? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That's yeah. it. I don't. I don't right. buy it. I don't no. buy it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, okay. sounds good. <laughs> so um, I ended up playing for a year for University of Oregon cool. and um, ended up getting co-rookie of the year there and really excelled. I seriously don't believe you. Now. <laughs> now you, you yeah. just, all those excuses yeah. are gone. Right, we'll I, saw you, I saw I'll, you in there. Actually, you were stretching like, to... like 10 minutes ago. You're, st- <laughs> you're still in prime uh, condition. Well, we'll see. Yeah, volleyball <laughs> is a definite, like it's a, it's a whole other world, you know. So um, I would like to see if I still got it. So all right. Sounds good. I look forward it's to it. Um, but, um, and then I followed a coach up to Portland State University, Mm -hmm. um, from University of Oregon, my mentor there, and, um, discovered the Caribbean dance department there. At Portland State. Who would have thought? I know. It's like the farthest place from the Caribbean in the U.S. Exactly. Well, there's two of the top, uh, academic informants on the topic at Portland State University and so I was lucky to apprentice under them Mm -hmm. and I just got really deeply connected to the culture the history the politics and then once I started traveling there I started I discovered dancing Mm -hmm. you know dance hall soca calypso 
um, salsa, rumba, samba, all those great forms that these cultures in the Caribbean use as their culture expression. So, What's the one in, that they do in the Bahamas? It's like a janka. Jankanu. Jankanu, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's for carnival. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much fun. Everyone dresses up in costumes and uh -huh. goes out into the streets. And yeah, yeah it's was, very lively. I was there in the Bahamas for that. that oh, was really? really fun. Yeah. Cool. People parading around mm -hmm. and having a blast. Well, cool. So that you just kind of fell into that. You know, I did. I really, mean, you were going for volleyball, and then that just kind of piqued your interest, and then that's been something you've dedicated your life to since. Exactly. And really what I was looking for, I got to the point as an athlete that I was looking for something artistic, creative, and spiritual, mm -hmm. and, um, and also intellectual. So it just it was a perfect launching pad as an athlete to go into Caribbean dance because in my dance classes, I always preach, too, that dancers are high-performance athletes. No doubt. So um, it was really just a natural progression into this form, and who knew you know, that I was going to be doing this 20 years later as my career and profession. And you know, I've been on a, um, a global tour this year, um, going on a year and a half. Cool. So, so what would you exciting. say? What would you say to somebody who doesn't have dance at all a part of their life? Maybe when they're hammered, they shake it a little bit, but dance is, you know, what are they missing out on? Joy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and ultimate bliss. Um, it's it's really this particular form is really special because it is a cultural art form and so it's more than just a physical expression you know you're you're connecting to your community you're we dance to live drumming so we're um, infusing our bodies with the frequencies of the rhythms and um, so when people leave the dance class they're not only getting an incredible workout but they're also um, maybe seeing some personal breakthroughs, you know, and connecting mm -hmm. in a mind, body, spirit way um, that maybe they've never felt before. Um, a lot tapping into, you know, emotions, moving energy. So it does become kind of transcendental. Um, yeah. And a lot of people are like, Kimberly, I can't, you know, I don't know why it feels different, you know, when I'm doing dance than other, um, you know, fitness modalities. But um, I think dance is a really good way to bring all of those elements together. And I think more people are starting to, to um, realize that. Yeah, you know, I think for me, I've had, a, you know, some time to reflect on that since I just did uh, the Dancing Freedom with Ashley in Sedona. And that was the first time I did that. And for those who want to know what that is, basically, you put on a blindfold and you're out there with um, a bunch of different people, but you're all blindfolded, so you can't see each other. And then they put on some sick music, add some drums, and you just dance blindfolded, which means you have no concern for what other people are you know, looking at you and watching, like very rarely, you know, do you ever get that opportunity to just dance, you know, without anybody watching you. So you don't have that, that kind of thing. Hey, is this cool? Am I looking cool? Is this, is my moving in the right way? That little voice that got entrained to us from the very first time we danced in public and everybody's looking at us. And, and that's where a lot of people had that experience you know, form of expression squashed, you know, it's at some point someone said, oh, you can't dance. And then they, that part of them shriveled up. But this gives permission to just go out there and just give it hell, you know, like really let it loose. And it's really a powerful embodiment of, of something really innate within us. It is really our natural birthright to dance. 
to move. And our early ancestors knew that, and they used dance as you know a way to heal themselves and to connect with um, deities. And it be and a lot of times dance. Um, you know, was a reflection of people's spiritual and religious beliefs, you know, mm -hmm. so to deny yourself of dancing is really, you know, disconnecting from a part of yourself that is so natural um, and organic to how the body wants to move, you know, yeah. so, yeah, I, I love what Ashley does. It's, um, it's a really great experience, too, to take away your sight. Um, so when you take away your sight, which is our main, you know, one of the main senses, we really drop in to... Mm -hmm. um, uh, we go deep inside of ourselves, you know, our, our vision turns inward versus outward and we really get to, um, how often do we really sit with ourselves and get to like give ourselves permission? Our lives are so busy and, um, and so demanding, you know, we're always rushing, 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 but yeah, that, that um, particular format is really amazing for going inward and really feeling your body so your senses become alive and what does it feel like? You know, yeah. what is your body? What are the emotions, you know, that you're experiencing with different movements? You know, one of the, you hear about all these rituals, Sundance and these different, you know, all across the world, dance rituals that connect people to spirit or connect people to deities. A lot of times they'll bring masks and embody these deities. And, you know, I knew this, I knew this theoretically, and I could, you know, kind of instinctively tell that it was going to be a, an effective methodology. Why would, you know, so many cultures do it if it wasn't? You know, right. there's like, <laughs> obviously it works, but I hadn't got to experience that. I mean, I've experienced euphoric states in dance, like that kind of trance that you can get from just being right in it, where you have just endless energy, it seems like, you know, like your body's able to do things that it normally never could. I felt that, but not like a connection of sorts. And in that dance, they, was, they were playing a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of what seemed, I don't know what type of rhythms, but it seemed like, um, like global, you know, Latin American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that was cool, and we were vibing on that. And then they switched to one of my favorite groups, which is a tribe called Red, and played a song, which is like more Native American drumming. And instantly, I got transported to a vision where there was a circle of elders. And there's a circle of elders there, and I was on the outside, and they beckoned me in. And wow. I was like immediately teared up, and I was like, I don't know if I can come in. I make so many mistakes. And that's what I said in my head. And they all just kind of warmly smiled at me and said, how do you think we got to be elders? Right. And then that was this like crazy vision that I had, like full, you know, blindfolded, sober, just dancing, and I had this communication. You know, maybe my imagination or maybe with you know, some spirits of the land there, just giving a really powerful message of, yeah, we got to be elders because we make mistakes, which was a really important lesson for me at that point because uh, something was coming up, some self-criticism about, you know, myself and my path and the mistakes I've made and, and things like that. And this was just a great way to release it that moved through my body and out through this vision. And dance was the vehicle that got me there. Yeah, it's very healing. And that sounds like a really profound experience. It was. Yeah. yeah. What happened when you went in? Did you go into the circle? Yeah. At that point, at that point, you know, I was free, to, you know, to, I was free to go in. You know, right. I'd, I'd released that, whatever that guilt was about not not being welcome and then just danced and right everybody all the spirits seemed to dance with me so the free the experience of liberation and freedom yeah yeah totally that's what i experienced too when i dance mm -hmm. um and it's kind of been the theme of my life you know pretty much is freedom and and liberty you know mm -hmm. liberation 
Um, I think the indigenous dances, um, and when you said you connected to the rhythm, um, I've been trying to tap into what that essence is. Um, what is it about you know these indigenous dance forms that have been retained and survived? You know, all of these years, you know, our, our early ancestors, you know, created this. Our first humans yeah. were dancing, you know, to, to pray for food, to pray, to, to pray for war, mm -hmm. um, to pray for um, protection, for fertility, you know, all of these aspects of, of um, our existence, you know, were communicated um, through dance. Um, and these, these rhythms are all in of itself is are really powerful um, sure. ways to open you up and just really um, break down any kind of walls or barriers, you know, that you're carrying into the space or you walk around with in your life. They just kind of open you wide up. Um, so you have that possibility of being able to transcend, you know, yourself and um, and really tap into your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to figure out what, what is this essence? Like, why do people feel so different when they, when they're not from the culture? You know, I'm not from the culture. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've been immersed in the culture for, you know, over 20 years and, um, I attend ceremonies and I do research and I, um, uh, I'm an ethnographer in that sense. I, I go into the communities and I integrate and immerse myself so that I have a real clear idea about, um, uh, how to express this uh, form as an art form um, in the most most authentic way, yeah. um, so that it pays homage to the culture and it evolves the culture in a positive way. Because evolution, you know, things evolve, things progress. You know, so these forms are very important um, that we continue dancing them and playing these rhythms so that they are maintained. Because I really feel like again, they're they're it's original form of medicine. Um, the formula of, of most indigenous rhythms are based in a polyrhythm. polyrhythm. Mm -hmm. So as you're, you know, the drums are playing, um, they're playing in different rhythms and um, what I call polyrhythms, and which is the basis, I think, the gateway to really open you up into this transcendental state and the mm -hmm. meditative state. Um, and really what I feel ultimately is um, the backbone of the healing that happens. So... When I talk about polyrhythms, many rhythms going on, so our bodies are naturally moving to the different rhythms of these, um, you know, indigenous rhythms. So, do you think it's did because? Did I lose you? <laughs> do you think the polyrhythm has such a special value because it's kind of more than your rational mind can track? Exactly. Like, I know that from even trying to playing around on drum kits and things like that. Like as soon as you have your feet going one way, your right. arms going the other way, you know, like left hand doing one thing, right hand doing one thing, right foot doing one thing, you can't think about right. it or you're done. Like exactly. That's over, a really good example. Like your body is not going to be able to do that. And so you have to get in this sort of flow state where you just allow, you just trust your body to do it. And you it know, knows. And, and it knows. And it knows. And sometimes in dance, like it's, you know, at first people have a hard time getting out of their heads, you know, because we live here as a culture mm -hmm. and we live in our heads. So it's like it's it's healing to get into your body and allow the body to tell the wisdom of the body to tell the mind what to do. So it's about tricking the mind, really, so that the mind relinquishes control so that the body can then do what it naturally does. The body houses our intuition. It yep. knows, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this when you've, you've had that gut feeling and you're just like, 
oh, this doesn't feel very good, but I'm going to do it anyway. I can handle it. <laughs> you know, you're right. like, I can handle this. I can do it. I'm strong, you know, and, um, and, and you keep, but, ah, oh, this just feels weird, you know? Sure. And then, you know, eventually. And then there's, the other, there's, there's the other way too, where the body is saying, you know, I don't know about this. And you just have to mentally override, you right. know, like that could be an example of actually even sitting on the sidelines of dance, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe you want to do it, but you're, there's this fear there and this fears in your gut, you know, and it's all of this stuff. And you just have to go and use that mental override tool and say, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Body, and you're going to move. Exactly. And the body's like, no. Ah. And it's about putting yourself yeah. outside of your comfort zone. You said that yourself. You're like, yeah. when you got, you know, welcomed into the circle, you were stepping into the unknown. You didn't know what yeah. was going to be there. And that's what dance class is for me, is really, um, it's a it's a playground for refinement, for learning. And, um, you know, I'm always telling students, like, this is stepping into the unknown. You're doing something that, you know, steps that are unfamiliar. It's like a little travel adventure. And it's why people like to travel so much is that you put yourself outside your comfort zone and then you get a mirror to who you are. Yeah. And then you learn and you grow, you know, and that's I'm like, well, if you don't get to go on a travel adventure, go to a dance class, find your local dance studio and and just dance in your exactly. You know, there's so many people are out in a place playing good music Mm -hmm. and they just don't dance. And I've found myself, you know, throughout my life, I've realized like when I'm sitting on the sideline and there's, you know, sometimes some apprehension to get in dance. I really don't have that anymore because I really love to dance. But uh, (laughs) that's great. But, you know, throughout my life, I'd recognize these moments and I realized that always at the moment that first bead of sweat came down from me dancing, all of that fear and anxiety and anything I was worried about was gone. Like I knew as long as I could get to the first sweat, like I was good, you know, so I used that to be like, all right, man, just whatever, do squats, (laughs) you know, like it doesn't matter what you're doing, just get Mm -hmm. to the first sweat and then you'll release it. And I think that's something good for people to think about, like. If you're up there and just you get to that moment, it's that critical mass, the body will take over and it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be some of the best, some of the best time you can have. Yeah. And what I like about like Caribbean dance, um, the dance forms that I specialize in, which is Afro-Cuban, Afro-Brazilian dance, is that. Um, we're moving our body um, in its natural state. So it's natural to how the anatomy is, you know, we're, we're made to move. So we're not moving some other dance forms. Um, you are actually moving against the natural anatomy of like your body. <laughs> yeah, or, so, you know, high art, like ballet, you know, I mean, it's right. like, that's why, you know, at, um, you know, you have to do it when you're young, you sure. know, people, you know, um, so this form you can do for the rest of your life. I mean, my teachers are in their 90s you know, and they're still dancing. So it's a really great way. It's an accessible um, technique to really, again, just learn. You're really optimizing all the individual body parts and how the body parts move naturally on their own. So it's kind of fun because we're like, okay, everybody can just move their shoulders up and down. You know, we can move our shoulders back or forward. But it's when we put that to time with another body part is when we create those polyrhythms. And that's when it gets like, that's when it gets fun because you feel like you're rubbing your head or, you know, patting your, patting your head, rubbing your belly at the same time. But that's the space where you start to transcend. 
cool. You know? Well, I want to do an experiment here because I have an instinct that we got two people here in the room that aren't <laughs> that aren't big dancers, that aren't really big dancers. Here we have here we have our podcast regulars, Brandon and Orlando. So let's uh, you know if you guys would just kind of we'll start with Orlando. Orlando, how often do you find yourself really dancing? Just getting it. Just really getting it. Probably, well, recently, like, every day. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Look at me underestimating yeah. you. Yeah. So You're dancing every day? Yeah, I run in the morning, so like, I'm all excited to listen to Guns N' Roses. So I started axle dancing. And, oh. like, <laughs> axle dancing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Love the axle so rose. I somehow, like a happy dance. I somehow don't think you're axle dancing every day. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to call bullshit on you, but no, no. Okay. All right. You win. All right. You win, Lando. But uh, Brandon, are you going to, how about you, man? How often do you find yourself dancing? Maybe more like at weddings. <laughs> at weddings. So what is it about a wedding that like gives you the permission to dance? Uh, you're with close friends. It's you're celebrating a yeah, and how does it, so is there like a moment where you're like apprehensive about it and then you just like jump in? Or do you, are you, are you one of like the first on the floor kind of no, guy? No, no, I'm not that type of guy. more like the uh, slow dance. <laughs> the, the, oh, uh, <laughs> you like the slow, the slow grooves. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. So have you ever just gotten out there and just fucking just giving it <laughs> hell, just getting it, just moving around, just getting buck wild out there? Yeah. Not too often. How do you think it would feel if you if you did that? Uh, there'd be some ice to break. There'd be some self consciousness for a little bit. Yeah. Probably work through that eventually. Yeah. So, what's some advice, Kimberly, you can give somebody like Brandon, which is like the majority of people, right. where you know they'll do a little bit of this, what's in the comfort zone, but like some encouragement to get out of the comfort zone and and in any kind of format, go get it because. You know, there's obviously some intermediary steps before showing up to a dance class. Because even for me, who loves to dance, dance class is intimidating as fuck. Right. You know, so so like, so the intermediary steps where most people are just getting to the point where they can dance. I would say, um, I would tell people that, you know, uh, to be open, you know, to come in with an open mind, um, to, um, to experiencing something new, um, and, um, you know, just not to have a high expectation, you know, just um, just really start with the feet, you know, and then work your way up the body, you know, but but, you know, and also once you get into the classroom, I think you'll realize like what an incredible support system the class is, you know, um, I try to bring that element to my class where, you know, everyone's supporting each other and everyone is there's no judgments you know, no judgments, no competition. It's really a safe zone for people to come. Yeah. And and that's actually what I want to tell people is that it, it really is a very safe place. Oh, I'm, I'm, it absolutely no doubt is, I'm sure. But for Brandon in particular, before he's, <laughs> there's no way we're getting him to a class. Like, that, <laughs> like, like the first, I think the intermediary step would have to be like dance with no mirrors around, period. Like, so there's nobody there. There's nobody home. There's nobody that can bust you. It's just that's you, happened. that's uh, just like, oh, no, okay. just like, and just get it. Like, let, don't think about like, man, I wonder how this looks. Am I making moves that'll look good or not look good? But just like dance for the sake of dancing purely with no other motivations. And that I think is as powerful a meditation yeah. or psychedelic experience or anything 
that you can do is like literally go in a room where you're not looking at yourself. Because as soon as you look at yourself, then you're projecting right. some other observer through the other side of the mirror and saying, does this look good? Right. Oh, yeah, this looks good. I look good as shit right now. I'm getting it, you know. But if there's a, so if there's a mirror, it's ruined. So you got to just over. get into like get into a space where there's no mirror. Close good your music. eyes. Maybe even close your eyes. Yeah. Well, that also throws your balance off. <laughs> So you might be falling around. So I say you can keep your eyes open, but the key is just nobody's watching you, including yourself. Yeah. And then yeah. just get it. And and really start off like slow. Do the slow groove. Oh, what do you say? Slow, just slow <laughs> slowly, groove. Slowly move into it, you know? Start off slow. No, no big, you know, big gestures. And then, and then <laughs> as you get more comfortable in your body, start to, you know, wiggle the arms and the legs and the head and... You know, until it's a full body experience. Yeah. experience. So you're saying don't start off like, I'm a me. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone who's going to have like, you know, a hesitation to go into a dance class what might not go into. they just go straight Chris Farley right out of the gate and just that get it out of the ideal. system? That would be ideal. That would be ideal. Yeah, yeah. That would, I, I would love that. So slow to ramp up or if start at Chris in. Farley and, and taper it down. Exactly. Yeah. Either, either end of the spectrum is good. Yeah. Bad. It's funny watching kids watching kids dance because kids will do, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they'll just stomp their feet and, you know, that's like so much for them to even contain. And then you see some gifted little kids that are just like, oh, my God, I can't even do that. Right. <laughs> you know, you're killing it. Um, but, yeah, it's cool to see that expression of just like the body moving. Right. You know? Yeah. Kids are our biggest bug. teachers in terms of dance, you know, and yeah. that's what we've gotten away. We've gotten away from the child within us. And that's why it's good to dance is that we go back to that place where of freedom where we're not so jaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love watching kids dance. It's, yeah. Yeah, I it's learned so fun. much. Yeah. No so let's say people wanted to connect with some, you know, different types of music, you know, besides putting Drake on or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, do you have any like musical recommendations of where they can go on iTunes or YouTube or whatever and get some, get some music if they wanted to try this dance experiment? Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, biased to the traditional like indigenous rhythms of the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. Brazil. I mean, samba dance. Oh my gosh. How sexy is that? You know, (laughs) looks good when they do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, but everybody loves Sama music. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just so inviting and welcoming, and the the culture is so joyful and open. You know, I always say Brazil is like a big sponge, and they just like absorb so many world influences. You know, they they love everybody, and everybody loves them. Brazilian music is a great place to start and um, to experiment dancing. You can't type in Brazilian music. So, is there any like specifics? Samba. I like um, Sergio. Sir Georgie. All right, you might have to spell that. (laughs) S-E-U-J-O-R-G-E. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. Cool. I love Sir Georgie. I love um, Caetano Veloso. is one of the great samba um, or Brazilian music Uh um, musicians. Um, I love Ivechi Sangalo. She's awesome. She's one of the more popular music, pop music. Um, I love salsa music. you know, there's so many great. I love rumba. Rumba is amazing. Los Muñequitos de Matanzas is one of my favorite rumba groups. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of old school in that sense. So I like cool. all the old world music. What I found with the dancing that's more structured, like something like salsa, is the 
you know, I, I didn't have any kind of background of any kind of fixed pattern dancing mm-hmm. like that, you know. So learning it is a fun challenge for the mind, you know, getting into that. But it really gets fun when you don't have to think about the steps anymore. Right. Like that's where it becomes free again. So people think, oh, it's too rigid. It's too structured. But that's only the case until you learn it so well that you open up your freedom once again. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's like a, any sport, you know, you have to, if you want to play tennis, you have to, you know, repetition, repetition, practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same thing with some of these dance steps, you know, is that you have to, you have to practice, you know, repetition, repetition. My ballet teacher says perfect practice, <laughs> perfect practice <laughs> makes perfect. But, you know, I mean, you know, that's that's a whole other level. But um, yeah, but but high, just to stop, you're right. To it's, that's high I art level. That's the high art level. But, you know, in some of the social dances like, you know, uh, salsa, um, it's really just about, you know, learning the feet. And then working way up your body. What I love about the Cuban style, I mean, salsa has many different styles and Latin America is huge. And so every Latin American country is like, no, salsa came from my country. No, salsa came from my Mm -hmm. country. So, but what I love about the Cuban form is that they integrate so much of the indigenous dance form so that you just have a vocabulary. If you study some of the, the, um, the dances that I teach, then you get to incorporate that. You have more language to be able to express yourself with. And they use their whole body when they express, you know, the Cubans are just like, they're so fun to watch. You know, they have such mastery over their bodies. It's really inspiring. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. I have a funny salsa story. So. I started learning some very basic salsa on a cruise ship. It was a family cruise ship, and there's a blazing hot <clears throat> salsa instructor that taught me a few steps. And I got fired up. I was like, this is amazing. This is fun. I showed up every day to her class and like learned some basic stuff. So I get back to Austin. I Google salsa instructors, and there's this dude on the website with Ronald Reagan and like dance, showing him how to dance. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. He, you know, he showed Ronald Reagan how to dance. I could he, do must, it. he must be legit. <laughs> right. you know, so I go up to this guy's place and. He's like 25 years old, older than the picture. Obviously, should have made sense. He's with Reagan. I yeah. didn't put that together, though. I was like, okay, cool. And he's got this really low-cut shirt and just bushels of suave gray chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> big gold coin necklace. Rico you know? suave. Yeah. And he just looks at me for a second. He's like, hi, I'm uh, you know, Aubrey here for the dance lesson. He just, he's just eyeing me. He's like, okay. And then he takes me into his house. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> takes me into his house in his little dance studio in his house. And... He turns on the music and he says, let me see what you can do. I was like, uh, okay. So I get the basic step going and he's just looking at me, like just eyeing me. I'm like, I don't really know. I I was used to having (laughs) a beautiful girl that knew what to do and I would just kind of follow along. So I'm just doing it by myself. He lets, then he turns the music off, doesn't say anything. And he comes up to me, he goes, you think you can salsa? And I go, uh, no, not really. I mean, like, <laughs> he's like, that's right. You cannot salsa. You are shit. No way. <laughs> he's really? Like, he's like, he's you, like, you are you really shit. I that? see now why you come with no partner because no partner will dance with you because you are shit. No, <laughs> I was no. like, oh, my God. I, I love this guy. He's great. <laughs> so I went and took dance with him for like oh another three or four <laughs> sessions just out of the sheer hilarity of it. He taught me some cool stuff, but. Eventually, I didn't have a partner, so they just break it down. Out. Yeah, he was he was old school. He right. was hardcore. Yeah, so that was a funny. Uh, that was a funny. Experience. That is that is. It's hilarious. not exactly how you. I run know. It, right? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of the. I, I'm a. I'm not that 
You're not Di- that guy? Yeah. <laughs> not that difficult or hard on my students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I really commend you for, you know, doing that and going and not only going once, because that's kind of the, you know, the hard part is just getting your, the motivation to go one time, but then going back yeah. after he said that, that's great. Yeah, but you I must have really liked it. I did like it. And yeah. I'm, and I'm <laughs> I, thought, I mean, I've, I've been used to coaches that are like that. You know, mm-hmm. you just got to kind of shrug You're it off. And, yeah, yeah. So that, as far as coaches go, he was at least one of the more humorous of the, of the ones. I've had some really bad ones. Funny how coaches right. can either be great or just disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. I think all my years of training, um, in, um, in athletics, um, I, I have that coach way about me and in dance class. One of my students like, Camille, you're more like a dance coach. Yeah. (sighs) So yeah, because, um, when you're an athlete and you're working with a coach, they get really specific and they give you constant feedback. I mean, that's my experience of, of sports is they're constantly going, you know what, why don't you try moving your elbow a little bit more back? Or, you know, you need to do this with your body and they get really specific and they're like, good. They, they give you good feedback and and negative feedback too. Right. And a lot of times dancing I've noticed is not, doesn't really, some of the, um, it's hard to get feedback actually. Mm -hmm. And, in in dance class. So I really like zeroing in on people and giving them really constructive feedback and stuff. So, you know, it's a refinement process. You take it and and run. It's an art of how to do that too, to really encourage and not squash the joy out of it. I think that's a mistake so many people make. Like I've stumbled on that show dance mom. And I think the per the, chick that's on there trying to be the dance coach for these little girls is one of the worst human beings I've ever seen ever like period like one of the worst human beings it's like those girls are going to hate dancing when you're done right like what a, like what a tragedy you know you have someone who's really gifted and really and they're gonna hate it because you're a bitch and you're you know undercutting them and, and making them feel terrible for, you know, for what they're doing. It's like, a, it's a really weird thing. Right. And definitely not all dance is like that. And so I think it's really important to say that that is just one <laughs> yeah. person <laughs> and not all dance teachers or dance experiences can be negative, you know? And, and, um, so, and also dance is learned, you know, I think that, um, there's some people even, you know, just referring back to sports and athletics that there's some people that have a natural talent for things. Um, but then at a certain point, um, you know, you have to put in the work, right? Of course. And I, I think that about dance too. It's like, no matter what your skill level is, um, it's, you can learn it mm-hmm. and with the right teacher and the right community, mm-hmm. um, and you just having the open mind, you know, to, to explore something new, um, you can learn it, and it's that's part of the the fun. It's the process, really. It's not really the end result of of what you look like in that moment. It's the the process and how you get from point A to point B. That's fun. Yeah, you know, being I, in the present moment. No doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen for you know my current partner Whitney mm-hmm. dances. I think her medicine language, like that's what brings the best out of her, and I've Aww. seen that you know repeatedly. So I think that's probably the case for you know, a lot of women, like that's something that's an innate medicine language that they have that maybe they're not, you know, tapping into. And for guys, you know, as you know, I haven't done, didn't been to many dance classes, but I know that whenever I do show up, 
you know, it's everybody's stoked. That's like everybody's like excited, I like know. yay, a straight man here <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the dance yeah. studio. Like, we love oh, our guys that yeah. come to class, and we also love the men that support the women who are mm-hmm. dancing. You know, and that's really important um, to honor the guys. You know, that come to class, and um, they always get a lot of attention and get all loved up by the mm-hmm. by the women. So, so if that sounds yeah, good, everybody, then um, Brandon, go to your local dance class. Orlando, come on. <laughs> that's motivation right there yeah Yeah, no doubt well where can people find you where can they look you up um well i'm go deeper i am um all over the place (laughs) (laughs) um literally all over the place um but um my website is kimberlymiguelmullen.com and i teach workshops uh worldwide and dance residencies and um, also cultural um, arts immersions to Cuba. That's my latest thing. So I take groups of students to go study dance in Cuba. Awesome. I know. You brought me back some amazing cigars. I know. Yeah. No, I know. A little birdie told me like cigars. So um, you got to have some cohibas. And now it's legal to bring cigars back. So thanks to the embargo, partial embargo lift, um, we now get to bring a little bit of cigars and rum back with us. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been great. Thanks for having me, Aubrey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great to see you. Much love, everybody. Go to Wearspace and check out the new Orca shirt. It's sick. It helps support um, freeing the Orcas from their slavery and captivity. So. Check that shirt out. It's Wearspace, W-E-A-R-S-P-A-S-E. And of course, onit.com to get your human human optimization on. You're you're about it, right? Absolutely. I love that. No doubt. Much love, everybody. Thank you so much. Peace. I'd like to acknowledge the company that is the expression of so many things I love, onit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com, and also Wearspace.com with two S's, putting out some really dope clothes and supporting my favorite charities. Lastly, please check out my blog, AubreyMarcus.com, for the latest in all the ventures happening in my world. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review, and let's make this positivity contagious. Thanks for tuning in.